0: Start recording. Okie dokie. Last Christmas. I gave you my heart. Hello, everyone. Oh. Uh, happy actual Monday. Oh, these glasses are pretty reflective, aren't they? Um. This is the podcast of the nerd. I'm Ian. We're doing twelve minutes today. Boop. Ah, uh, how are you? I hope you're doing all right. Um, I'm not a big fan of November. The uh, I like cold. This is what a great way to start the podcast on a positive and wonderful note. I like cold. If it's going to be overcast and cold, I want it to snow. This is the thing about living in Colorado too. Is um. You know, it'll be 20 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. Uh, I really love it. But it's been kind of overcast. The the transition season tends to be a little weird. And it was 72 degrees yesterday, and then it snowed in the evening. Weather report. Great stuff. All right. So uh, we're doing 12 minutes today. And I'm actually kind of happy to be here. Um, Have... Uh, you know, I went from a, uh, uh, a, I I think it was a 900-square-foot condo to this bedroom. And so there's been a lot of jamming stuff in here and then sort of reconfiguring it. I'm not the most organized human being on earth. Massive understatement. And so um, a lot of the work and sort of the mental aspect of, things and all of that uh, comes with like staying organized and keeping things together and all of that. So a lot of today was spent on just totally reorganizing this uh, space to make it more of a workspace and more comfortable and better to be here. But it's actually Monday. It's actually Monday for the Monday podcast and we're talking. Goals from the previous week. Send three messages. I sent two messages and it was... Awkward and confronting and uncomfortable. And that's probably the way the experience is supposed to be. So I guess I won't uh, resist that particular emotion. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a weird... Um, I, I remember when I was first single uh, seven, eight years ago. There's a weird process you go through with online dating where... Uh, you tend to attach once or twice and boy is that a huge mistake um you know cuz an online profile is not a real human being and uh it, looking through profiles and 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 picking out uh individual people to send messages to there's some there's sometimes a propensity early on to uh this she, this is she's fantastic and it's like uh, that's not the way to do it. Um, and so, I think that that's something that I'm actually relatively decent at. First of all, uh, I'm, like, I, I it, it's, how I'm doing it to meet people and have conversations and all of that, so, like, uh and and it's something that I'm choosing to do because... I believe that life is better shared and it's a healthy thing for me, but it's it's hardly like this uh, Must uh, uh, you know, I'm not dying of loneliness, you know Uh, I think that's that's I've I've talked about that in in one of the videos that I've made is that there's this uh, Loneliness is like just kind of like, you know being hungry Uh, we need food to survive and I think that we are generally meant to have relationships and interact with each other and connect. And, and if you're not fulfilling on that premise, then you get lonely. It's a reminder of, hey, maybe you should spend some time with more people. But I definitely, as I talked about in, um, I think it was what wild at heart means to me, the, uh, when I was younger, there was a propensity to you must cure... You know, it's like this infectious disease and just kind of, you know, having been very focused the past few years on my work and, uh, you know, confidence and all of that, it's like a lot of things ended up on the back burner and part of that uh, means uh, successfully putting something, uh, that kind of thing, on the back burner means Developing a certain amount of comfort with being by yourself and frankly I think it's kind of fantastic Um, but That's a bit of a rabbit hole. I I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. So, uh, I believe it was two visits to the gym. I did zero to the gym. Uh, Once Bushwhacked is done, I'm going to put two hours of gym time in my calendar this coming week. I've noticed that if something doesn't go into the calendar, it doesn't get done. A lot of times, if it does go into the calendar, it doesn't get done, but if it doesn't go into the calendar, it's guaranteed to not get done. And, uh, Nerd shipper, Nerd shipper's written and recorded. Um, I'll be editing that as soon as I'm done, uh, talking with you guys. Both of you. <laughs> That's, it's totally the ambition. Um, and Bushwhacked didn't move the stone on Bushwhacked at all. And yet, despite the low batting average on last week's goals, it wasn't zero. And for some reason, I find myself kind of happy to be sitting here recording the podcast. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, So, I I also talked last week about the Criterion Collection channel and uh, the longtime project of uh, My List of Shame. Have not tackled that yet, but I did uh, venture outside the wheelhouse, which I count as a win. Uh, Two things. This was kind of like my version of... You know, Game of Thrones. Where are they now? The first thing uh, I did was I watched the uh, first episode of Apple's C. It's the um, fantasy. You've probably seen advertisements for this all over the place. It's Jason Momoa's face. The television show. So C was created by Stephen Knight, not Stephen Denight, uh, and Jason Momoa plays. Baba Voss. Now the whole idea of the show is uh, it's a post-apocalypse, so sometime along the way uh, an infection destroyed humanity's ability to see and most of the population died out and the ability to see never came back and stories of vision were passed down through the ages and as part of the the way spirit, spirituality and religion uh, changed in the post upon oh yeah well if you're watching the visual version of this there's a oh and I wonder so I want to have a visual component to the podcast uh, for those listening it's um, I'm just playing the C trailer in the background but I'm also concerned about I don't know. What if we play this at half speed? So, the uh, for those listening, the background is just the uh, C trailer playing right now. And um, I've got it down at half opacity. We'll see how this goes. When I talk about something, it would just be nice to have some kind of visual component to it uh, going on in the background. Anyway, um, I like Jason Momoa. I thought he was really fun in Game of Thrones. I, I uh, you know, growing up kind of a... He's the Arnold Schwarzenegger model of a leading man and uh, You know growing up Terminator Terminator 2 Predator those were all favorite movies of um, You know kids my age boys my age, I guess coming up around that time Uh, I really enjoyed Aquaman but that was a little bit in spite of him. At some point, a man on a giant shark was jousting another man on a giant seahorse, and I went, fine, Aquaman, this movie is too stupid for me to hate it. Uh, But still, he was kind of entertaining. Anyway, first episode of Sea is his best since Game of Thrones, but he's essentially playing a less rapey English-speaking Cal, uh, Cal Drogo, so it fits the the action sequences. Excuse me, have a like a great physicality to him, and um, it's the fantasy is really kind of cool. The it, it reminds me a lot. This is the weirdest comparison, but it reminds me of Willow, one of my favorite movies, <laughs> my uh, my favorite candy movies. Uh, Willow meets the grittiness of Game of Thrones in a distant sequel to Jose Saramago's novel uh, Blindness. Pardon me if I butchered that name. So blindness took place in modern times and uh, there was a sudden affliction of blindness on the population and one character who isn't affected by it pretends to be and ends up in quarantine with her husband uh, where things rapidly fall apart. Uh, it's contained the quarantine zone and I believe by the end it's a very disturbing book um, and I believe by the end of the story uh, the affliction clears up but I couldn't I, I couldn't stop thinking of that while I was watching seed it. it was like this movie, this television show is what if blindness hadn't gone away a thousand years in the future really interesting um. The show focuses mostly on universe building rather than character building. But that's actually okay, because the universe is really kind of interesting. It's beautifully designed. A couple of times during the entire thing, I just kind of stopped and took in the... You know, the costumes and the set design and all of that. uh, Really kind of cool. But it's sort of obvious that... You know, it reminds me, the whole... Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus thing is really interesting because it reminds me of the early days of Netflix streaming when Netflix started doing originals, Stranger Things, and uh, um, drawing a blank on the rest, of course. But uh, everyone remembers those early uh, Netflix originals and how they were sort of uh, uh, high-quality markers. And now today... Their Netflix is overloaded with original content that nobody watches. I saw a trailer for a science fiction show starring um, one of the actresses from uh, Battlestar Galactica. that I, uh, Starbuck. I can't remember the actress's name right now. I, I'd never heard of it, uh, and it looked kind of right up my alley. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how these things pan out, but I'm interested in the very first shows that uh, Apple TV... Oh, sorry. Oh, timer's done. Dismiss. I'm interested in the very first shows that uh, Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus put out because I think all of them are going to have war chests worth of money behind them and, um, you know, be as sort of visually interesting as... C was, um, there's only three episodes out right now, three or four episodes out right now, so I will follow up and let you know how uh, the show comes along. But so far, just really beautiful and, um, you know, cool action sequences. I have a (laughs) relatively low bar. (laughs) And the other, speaking of low bars, and the other thing that I went and saw was Last Christmas. Uh, so Khaleesi is a hot mess in a hot mess movie directed by Paul Feig of the Ghostbusters reboot, re sequ- well, I don't know, um, my sister and I do a movie night periodically, uh, she wanted to uh go see a romantic comedy. I enjoy a good romantic comedy from time to time. Uh yeah. <laughs> that didn't apply here. Uh both of us. Anyway, so uh, Amelia Clark plays Kate, Henry Golding plays Tom. Emma Thompson is in the movie and one of the credited writers. She's doing a Yugoslavian accent. There's a very strange um Subtext to the movie about nationalism and and all of this. But anyway, so um, Romantic comedies I've seen watched and loved in the last year when Harry met Sally Lonnie and I recorded a commentary for that that will eventually be up on the channel We've been having some challenges with the editing Uh, Long shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which was Theron? Theron? Charlize if you're listening Hi and I'm sorry about your uh, screwing up your last name. Anyway, it's not my favorite genre, but I do enjoy a good one. Uh, so, last Christmas, Amelia—it's—it's uh, Amelia, it, it's, it's, Amelia Clark—is the hot mess character who is sort of burning all the bridges and uh, doesn't have a lot of confidence in herself, and she meets Tom who is unreasonably patient uh, with her and sort of navigates through he's the uh, he's he's definitely a trope they're both the movie is steeped in uh, romantic comedy cliche uh, and it, it's so hard to watch it's also loaded with so many non-joke jokes that just, kind of hang there awkwardly it, it it's and I know this criticism was levied at, at uh, Ghostbusters it's like the director let the actors uh, improvise and just kept everything so there's just lines that don't really apply to the current scene or to the mood or or any of that it is and there's a poop joke in the first like there's no laughs there, there's a poop joke in the first 10 minutes she and uh, Tom Tom points out a bird above and you look up and you, you know, the bird it's in the trailer you, you think eh, the birds gonna poop on her face and then the bird poops on her face and you go oh the bird pooped on her face no one The it was a pretty full theater people want th- a good laugh Uh, nothing. The uh, (laughs) I don't know why I'm so verklempt. Uh, talking about this movie. It was the worst movie I've seen since Terminator Genesis. Now that said, uh, I don't think any it was any of the actors' faults. Amelia Clark. This is actually the most I've liked. uh, Uh, Amelia Clark. Every time I watch Game of Thrones, whenever she was sort of the hard ass, uh, Khaleesi, uh, it, it just went to a place where I was like, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't really buy it. And then whenever she had human moments with uh, Tyrion, or uh, I can't remember most of the characters' names on that show, but those connections and the relationships and all of that, I was like, oh, there's that. That's it. It felt like Amelia Clark was playing against type most of the time. And, uh, I mean, Terminator Genesis is a mess, but in this movie, like, the hot mess character, and no offense, Amelia, if you're watching, hi. and, uh, no offense intended, but it just felt more in her wheelhouse being charming and, and, um, you know, verbally jousting with the other characters and all of that. She was good. Um, Henry Golding was fine. Uh, It was just awful. Just... Just a poop joke in the first ten minutes. I can't remember the last poop joke I really thought was hilarious. I mean, farts are really funny. Uh, Just by their very nature. But pooping... (sighs) Maybe bridesmaids? I hope Paul... Did Paul Feig direct that one? Anyway, um... So the first two-thirds of the movie are a checklist. It's... Every, it's her screwing up all these relationships and you go, okay, there's going to be a point where by virtue of her relationship or something that occurs in the relationship with Tom, she's going to make amends to all of these people and then there's going to be some sort of montage-y celebration at the end. And that is exactly what happened. But what's bizarre is there's an, I'm not going to spoil the movie. You shouldn't go see it. (laughs) But I'm not going to spoil it. But there's an element to the movie that is the only kind of non-cliche, and it's this: uh, if you're watching the visual version, and as you're as I'm watching that, as all of the sort of you know she, her screwing up the relationships and her being a jerk to Tom and Tom ignoring it and being the romantic comedy cliche and all as all of that's going, I'm like, what are they going to do with this element? And uh, uh, about 20 minutes in, I turned to my sister and I said, I'll bet this, that, and the other thing. And there's a twist two-thirds of the way into the movie. And it was exactly what I guessed. And what's weird is the, the, the it, it, I, I, I can hear the director thinking, I'm going to make a... Romantic comedy that subverts your expectations, which is all the rage these days, subverting people's expectations. The problem is that the subversion is hidden as a twist in the movie. So for two thirds of the movie, it's just this paint by numbers, romantic comedy. And then a thing occurs and you go, okay. And I, I, I didn't hate The Thing. I thought The Thing was interesting. Okay, like, it, it dabbles in uh, certain things I actually kind of enjoy in movies, uh, but it's hidden. Uh, not well, particularly. And so you have to endure the, the two-thirds of just trite, cliche nonsense to get to The Thing. And then The Thing happens, and then... They sort of wrap up the rest of the trite, cliche nonsense, and that's how the movie ends. Uh, obviously, George Michael is heavily favored. There are like 35... It's it's like his whole library, and I love me a good George Michael song. But when you're playing, I've Gotta Have Faith... I mean, the, the, the songs were sort of in bizarre places at times. It just kind of uh, didn't really work. And uh, there were, like, three montages. And I loves me a good montage. But, yeah, it didn't really work. Also, is it, So, I, I was trying to figure out the trope that he is. Uh, is it Manic Pixie Dream Dude? The, the endlessly patient, shows the hot mess how to live again kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> you know... There were just so many points where, where uh, Jess and I were... The thing we were laughing at was how... My sister Jess and I. The thing we were laughing at was just how bad the movie was. Uh, we just kept... She kept turning to... Because she picked the movie. I think she was feeling guilty or something. Uh, and I was just having... I, I, I actually was kind of having fun engaging the episode guide mentality with something that didn't, uh, didn't really warrant it. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, that part, of, I, I I enjoyed the experience. I think that this kind of, uh, it's it's good to get, you know, uh, uh, to have this experience every once in a while because I think that it it helps you uh, remain calibrated on the taste spectrum. <laughs> it's important to also watch, you know good stuff, and, and, uh, to grow the palette, and that's something I need to work on as well, but, um, yeah, so Paul Feig was thinking he was going to subvert the romantic, uh, comedy thing, it it didn't, didn't really work, but I was very happy I saw it, and first of all, um, it was just fun to, I, I mentioned that, steeped in cliche, though it may have been, I did start thinking about, my own ever-present feelings of... The thing about the hot mess trope, like, the reason we return to these cliches over and over again is, like, because they're occasionally relevant to our actual lives. Um, uh, There's an Ani DiFranco song that I enjoy, uh, when in pain, every pop song on the radio is suddenly speaking to me. And that, uh, you know... That phenomena kind of occurred to, 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 with for me a little bit with the movie. Now I'm not uh, in a process the same process that she is, but um, it's a perfor- person performing less than they believe they're capable of, but with no idea how to do better and um, feeling trapped in the tapestry of their own mistakes, right? Uh, The prison of their lives they created brick by brick. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link. And inevitably, the Manic Pixie Dream Boo uh, reveals the world to them the way it is. And that's kind of the trick. That was the thing I was sitting there thinking about is that the prison is imaginary, the brick wall of failings. Usually no one's keeping track with such fine detail as you are. They're too busy keeping track of their own. Amends may be due, but the only difference between the person making them and the one from the moment before is the one from before actually believes that prison is real. Uh, The one after is just doing the work. I mean, it's the old thing, normal is made up. And I kind of realized this rut that I've been in for more than a month now uh... that has become evidence of failings or... especially at the one-year anniversary of the channel and this attempt to go full-time and all of that. I'm wearing Amelia. That's the thing about being a bald guy. Uh, for anyone listening, um... my head is... Uh, really well lined up with Amelia's... blonde hair. Anyway. Um... I kind of realize this rut I've been in for more than a month now uh, is just a story that has started fulfilling itself. Noise that's getting louder the more that I listen to it. And that's the weird paradox of uh, ruts, is you know how they sort of become feedback loops. So, sitting in last Christmas, <laughs> it kind of dawned on me... Uh, and I, 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 you know, uh, thinking about that and thinking about the, you know, the difference between the stuck and the moving is like the stuck believes the story. I sort of felt layers of frustration and fog that I've been dealing with for weeks now just kind of slough off and I just wanted to get to work. Um, so, <laughs> you know, from that perspective, uh, I guess... Thank you. Last Christmas? It's a movie I would actually watch again. It's just I would need more wine uh, than I had. Oh, I forgot to line up the fanfic reading. That's okay. Uh how how long have we gone? Uh yeah, we're we're a little bit long uh on this one right now, so that's that's fine. I do want to uh, I enjoyed doing that fanfic reading last night. Fan fiction is so interesting. And <sighs> I, I'll get into that later. Anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, I hope you've enjoyed my babble about last Christmas. And see um, goals for the week. Respond to any dating messages. Someone already. What's crazy is one of the one of the ones I sent. A woman has already replied, and I feel like a ten years old boy. Like. <gasps> stage fright and just visceral you know 40 years old uh respond to any dating messages send two new ones schedule two hours at the gym nerd chipper by the end of tomorrow and uh bushwhacked by friday and that is so that i can take the weekend off and like off off that's one of the things about the I, I talked about the black hole task uh, a couple of weeks ago when when a black hole task occurs it sucks in or on not only all of your productivity but all of your ability to relax and actually decompress because you're sitting there the whole time thinking, well I should be working on this thing and I'm not working on this thing so I can't relax uh, uh, so you just waste time or indulge in whatever your particular vice is. Uh, it's such a waste of time. Anyway, so uh, especially publishing this on the day that it's actually intended to be published, I feel good. So I feel good about this week. I'm gonna go edit now and uh, hopefully get Nerdshiver up by tomorrow. If you have any. I mean, I don't know. There's no audience here yet, and that's perfectly okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll try and have a fan fiction reading picked out for next week because I want to keep doing that. I enjoy those. The just the discovery of it, and and it's. I'm not at all intending it to be a, a, a roast or like the pop music poetry stuff was. It like um, I just think it's so interesting. Anyway, I appreciate it. Have a good week. And uh, I'll see you next Monday.